in connection with Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism and its exposition of the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, let's turn in the sacred scriptures and read from John chapter 6. John 6, we're going to read the first 15 verses and then we'll skip down to verse 24 and read from verse 24 through verse 31. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as, many as, the, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Now skip down to verse 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Then said therefore, they said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then? that we may see and believe thee. What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus goes on to show himself as the bread of life. To that point we read the word of Jehovah God. 
The Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 50 explains the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. You'll find that on page 26 in the back of your Psalter. Lord's Day 50. Which is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, that we may thereby acknowledge Thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry, nor even Thy gifts, can profit us without Thy blessing, and therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in Thee. Beloved of God, with this fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer that is taught to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior teaches us to seek all that we need for this earthly life from God Himself. To come with childlike reverence before our Father and to say, Father, Thou alone canst grant me what I need for the body. It's interesting that the early church had some of its theologians, not the majority of them, but some of them, who thought that this fourth petition could not, in fact, be for earthly needs. That it was not actually asking for physical bread, but only could refer to Jesus as the bread of life whom we need daily. They argued that Jesus, as the spiritual king of a spiritual kingdom would never have taught us to pray for something so menial as earthly bread. In addition, they said, if you take a look at the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, all the other ones are for spiritual things. Surely then, this one must also be for spiritual things the first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All have to do with the glory of Jehovah God. The fifth petition is a request for the forgiveness of sins. The sixth, lead us not into temptation. Those are spiritual things. Is it really the case that, that this one then is the only exception, that it would be for merely earthly bread? Those few early church fathers, again, it wasn't all of them or even a majority of them, though they had a right instinct toward the spiritual over the earthly, took that too far. This fourth petition is, in fact, a request for earthly bread, for God to supply us our earthly needs. God, as Lord's Day 9 puts it as a God who provides for us all things necessary for our soul and for our body. He's a Father all the way to us. 
And while there's certainly something to be said for the fact that five out of the six petitions of the Lord's Prayer do regard spiritual things, it is in fact the case that God cares for our earthly life as well, supplies for our earthly needs. Wouldn't we expect that? The Lord Jesus would teach us that too. He himself lived upon this earth eating bread daily, needing daily bread for his own physical sustenance. And he himself looked to God as his Father to provide that for him. Would he not also teach us to do the same? And so the Catechism expounds this fourth petition that way as a request of God to grant us what we need for our body. That is, the Catechism says, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body. How can we live hallowing God's name except we eat? How can we live functioning in His kingdom, performing His will, except we have our physical need supplied? And that's why, though Jesus Himself, when He was upon the earth, spent Himself teaching the people that He was the ultimate bread, that He was the bread come down from heaven, He nonetheless still fed those he was teaching with physical earthly bread as he did here in John 6 feeding the 5,000 who expressed an interest in his teaching an example too that's worth remembering for mission work how can they listen if they are starving Jesus modeled here the fact that God provides daily bread for his people. He did it in a miraculous way, but he modeled the fact that God cares about the earthly needs of his people. Jesus also modeled the fact, to be sure, that the spiritual takes priority over the earthly. You see that in what he does consequently after he feeds the 5,000. When he sees that all that they care about is the earthly bread, That they, in fact, want to make him a king because, after all, they won't have to work a day if this guy can provide bread for us. And they don't have any interest, really, in his spiritual teaching anymore. Then Jesus pulls himself back. And he says, no, 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 no. And he's not going to cater to their earthly-mindedness. That, too, something important for missions. By the way, he handled the 5,000. Jesus showed us. God delights in providing for the bodily needs of his people. But he also showed us that even earthly food is not an end in itself, but it's an end that we might live to the hallowing of God's name, that we might glorify him in his kingdom, performing his will. And so we pray for daily bread to that end too, that we might live unto him, our life pleasing to him. Let's take a look at that this morning under the theme, praying, give us daily bread. We'll notice first the giver, second the gift, and third the ultimate reality to which this bread points. Praying, give us daily bread, the giver, the gift, and the reality. In getting at this first point, that Jehovah God is alone the giver, of all the provision that comes to us for our earthly needs, 
Let me ask you and me this question. When you sit down to eat a meal, let's make it more real. This morning, when you sat down to eat your breakfast, whatever it was, eggs, toast, cereal, coffee, cake, whatever it was, did you think to yourself, this came to me from my father. And he gave this to me because he loves me. And do you and do I think that repeatedly when we sit down and partake? If we don't very often, then we need this fourth petition. We need to pray this fourth petition often with understanding. And we need to have this fourth petition explained to us over and over again that we might remember. One of the main significances of the fact that Jesus teaches us to look up to Jehovah God with faith and to say to him, God grant to us what we need physically, our daily supply, is just this. That we might live in the recognition that God is the one who gives us these things. The child of God in this fourth petition is tasked by the Lord Jesus Christ to look up to the sovereign God and to look up to that sovereign God as Father and say, I know that thou art Lord over all and I know that in thy sovereignty thou art a Father to me and thou dost love me. Grant to me what I need, and I see this here upon my table as something that thou hast granted to me as a father who loves me and cares for my daily needs. So the petition reminds me, in the praying of it, first of all, that God is sovereign. That he's in control of all things. All of the resources of this earth are under his dominion, and he distributes them according to his sovereign will. He is the self-sufficient one. He is the independent one. He is not dependent upon what he created. He doesn't have needs. But all is under his hand supplying the needs of others who are dependent upon him. You and I are utterly dependent. We have, as it were, lines connecting us to the plants of this earth, to the animals of this earth, ultimately a line connecting us up to Jehovah God. And if those lines are cut, we die. But Jehovah God has no lines connecting him to anything else. He's not dependent on anything, but is in control of all things, has all things in his hands. And according to that kind of a sovereignty, an independent sovereignty that takes all in his hands, he's able to distribute it as he will for the good of his children. The praying of this petition reminds me that he, as the sovereign one, is also my father. That as the Lord Jesus taught me to pray, our Father who art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. I remember the marvelous truth that this sovereign, majestic being is not a God afar off, but a God who is nigh me and who has loved me 
and has shown me that already in Jesus Christ, giving to me the most marvelous gift he could ever give to me in the Lord Jesus, who is that bread of life. And therefore, in my mind, I argue, as the scriptures themselves do, from the greater to the lesser, if he has supplied me, this greatest thing, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the bread of life, then surely he will grant to me my daily bread too. And so in the praying of this petition, I remember the sovereign God has put this bowl of cereal on the table before me. And he's done this as my Father, who in Christ loves me. Now, the more cynical amongst us, or maybe I should say the cynical side of all of us, might say to that, I put that cereal in front of me. I went out and worked my tail off all week so that that could be there. I worked for that. That's true. And this petition also helps me to remember that this sovereign God, who is my Father, uses means in the distribution of the goods over which he is sovereign in his love for me. But when he does, it's still him doing it. It's still him being the giver. God most often uses means to give his people what is their daily supply. He sometimes doesn't. On that day in John chapter 6, in Galilee, on the grassy hillside, he miraculously supplied the daily bread for the people who were there. But what about the day before that for those same people? What about the day after that for those same people? Their daily supply was still coming from Jehovah God. It was still Him giving through the normal means. And when it does come through the normal means to us too, it's still Him. The line still traces back to Him. There's the so-called natural means that He uses, the means in nature that He's upholding by His sovereign providence, the use of rain, the use of sunshine, the weather patterns to provide earthly necessity. He uses the so-called unnatural means, the means that are not in nature itself, but that he's still upholding by his providence of global politics, of economic factors, of tariffs and lack of tariffs, of relationships between nations, of war and peace. And all of these are part of the means that he in his sovereign providence is using to distribute so that that bowl of cereal is in front of me on the table. Sometimes we can see that so clearly that even in the normal means, it's, it's Him still providing for us. Aren't there times in your life where there's been a lack, a true lack, a true need, and then that need is supplied and you can see 
that that need supplied was a supply that was being worked out in His providence. You can, you can trace all the connections back. In His providence, He was working to supply for me that need long before I knew that need was even going to come. Like Jacob and his sons. When God sent the famine to that whole portion of the earth, and Jacob and the boys and their families had no idea where their next meal was going to come from. And little did they know that God had been working this out already, even through His providential ruling sovereignly over the sins of these boys, so that this Joseph was second in command of all Egypt and was working to store up grain that could be supplied to that whole region, including Jacob and his sons there. Who would have thought? Jacob wouldn't have thought. He thought his son was dead. And yet God was working in His providence to supply that need before Jacob ever knew the need would come. And not only that, He was working for the coming of Jesus Christ. Judah, one of those boys, has to stay alive for the Messiah is going to come from Judah's loins. And how many of God's people here this morning, though maybe not on such a scale as that, cannot say a similar thing that they've seen this in their life. But the supply that He arranged... He was arranging in His providence through regular means, but in His providence long before I even realized I was going to lack. He is Father. He is Provider. And He works to give what is necessary for His children. And when He uses regular means to do so, that's still Him. But it is true, of course, that the main regular means He uses is our work and our hard work that as we contribute to the running of a society, we receive a portion of that society's pie for doing so. He has ordained this. And so much has He ordained this to be the regular means and regular way 2 Corinthians 3, verse 10 says, If a man wills not to work, neither shall he eat. Not if he can't work, but if he wills not to work, neither shall he eat. And the apostle takes it farther there in 2 Thessalonians 2, saying if this person is a member of the church and is unrepentant, he ought to be excommunicated for not working. For God commanded that work would be the main means by which he provides. But we still have to trace the line from this bowl of cereal in front of us beyond our work as the means back up to Him. Children, it's like one of those dot-to-dot pictures that you do sometimes. It has the little numbers in the dots and you go from one to the other and as you're tracing the dots, you're seeing the picture. But if you would only stop halfway through, you'd only see half of the picture. So too, if we stop with the tracing of the line, to the means of our work. We only see half of the picture. We have to trace it the rest of the way from our work back to Him. Still, who gave you the ability to work the job that you work? Did you give yourself that ability? Who gave you the strength? Who gave you the opportunity? Who worked by His providence so that that job was there for you? 
who worked by his providence, that you had the health and strength to be able to labor in that job, who worked in his providence, so that you grew up in a home with a work ethic. What do you have that you have not received? Through the means, the Father has made a reservation for me at the table of this earth's goods that I might have this that's upon my table now before me. Lift up your eyes to him therefore and him alone this fourth petition is saying as the giver. The source of all that is necessary. And I remember that as I pray this petition. The petition helps me to remember that. I have to keep praying it so that I remember that. Because you see part of the problem with us is that if we don't constantly remember that and aren't primed spiritually by the very saying of these kind of words to remember that, we, we put our trust on the means and not on the giver of the means to such an extent that really, if we're honest, we pray this petition to those means rather than to the giver. If we don't pray pray this petition regularly, it's not the case that the result of that is that we just sort of forget about this in general. Our hearts are not neutral. Instead, we start to trust in the means themselves rather than the God who is behind them. If we don't pray this petition to Jehovah God, we still pray this petition. We just pray to the means. We are dependent creatures. We can't be anything but dependent preachers, creatures. We cannot but pray this petition. To whom are you praying it ultimately? That's why the Catechism rightly says that in praying this petition regularly, rightly, we are also withdrawing our trust in all creatures. Be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the fountain of all good. That's what we've explained already so far. But then it goes on and says, and therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures. There is a spiritual movement that takes place in the honest praying of this petition that also is a withdrawing of our trust that is set upon the means, upon the creature itself, which of course implies that our natural bent is to put our trust there and it has to be withdrawn from there and placed upon Jehovah God. When Christ called us to pray this fourth petition, to look up to our Father and to pray, grant us, Father, our daily bread. He did that knowing that this is the bent of our nature, that there's a million ways in which we're going to be tempted to look at this world or look at ourselves in trust and say, give to me what I need. There is a temptation for us to trust in the government for what is necessary for the body. And to pray to the government, as it were, Supply-side economics, bless me with these earthly goods. Of course, the government 
is not an evil thing. It's a part of the means that God uses to keep a society stable and running, that we might work, that this supply might be there. The government is a good means God has provided. But more and more, as a right and true understanding of this recedes from off of a people's consciousness, they replace ultimate trust in Him with ultimate trust in the government. Not in God we trust, but in government we trust to provide all things necessary for us. Give to us government, we pray. We look to Thee to save us and to keep us. And in the end, the Antichrist is going to take that trust in government and use it to create a one world system that will be a replacement for God in the minds of men. There's a temptation for us to trust in our own accumulation of things. In 1 Timothy 6, the apostle tells Timothy to keep preaching two warnings from his pulpit to the rich. Number one, that they be not high-minded, that they not be puffed up in pride as though they have given themselves all of this when God has been the one who's given it to them. And second, Paul says to Timothy, keep preaching. Don't trust in your riches, you rich. Oh, but I'm not rich. That's for somebody else. There are probably people wealthier than you. But when you realize that the vast majority of people on this earth are poorer than you, you realize how rich you are. Almost half the world lives on $2.50 a day. And even if we grant that $2.50 can buy you more in other places than it can here, we have been afforded great wealth in God's providence. And that's not something to feel guilty for. That's His gift to us, and we may receive that with thanks. But at the same time, the admonition of 1 Timothy 6 must come to us. Remember, you rich. Trust in Him, not in those riches themselves. And so it's easy for us to instead of praying up to Him, give us, Father. Thou art the ultimate supply, the giver of all of this. We can start to, if we're really honest, be praying, give to us bank account, we pray. Give to us insurance policy, we pray. Give to us our investments, we pray. Give to us technology, we pray. Give to us, we pray, you employer. Give to us our own abilities, our, our own intelligence. Grant to us what we stand in need of. So that instead of looking up to God as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah who provides, we start worshiping bank account Jireh, insurance policy Jireh, investments Jireh, my own abilities and plans Jireh, government Jireh. To whom are you ultimately looking? supply your needs in the very praying of this petition. A spiritual movement takes place in the soul that withdraws my trust from all creatures and places it upon him and him only. How wonderful then the Christian tradition of praying before we eat our food and after we eat our food. 
so that this petition is on our lips and on our minds, so that we are constantly withdrawing our trust from the creature and placing it upon him. You know that that tradition begins here in John 6, right? Where the Lord Jesus taught this practice himself in the feeding of the 5,000. Before he distributed the food to eat, probably it began earlier than this among the Jewish tradition, but I mean for us, we look to here. Before he distributed the food he ate, it says he gave thanks in prayer to God. Verse 11, he acknowledged before all that God was the provider of this daily bread. And though God provided it miraculously here, when we sit down before our food and pray this, we're saying, even if through the regular means, God, Thou hast provided this, and Thou alone. It's a good practice. It's a good practice, too, that we not only pray, give Jehovah our daily bread, and thanks Jehovah for our daily bread, but also bless Jehovah this daily bread. Children, Probably a lot of you pray that way, right? Before you eat, Lord bless this food. That's a good thing. That's something that originated with the Lord Jesus too, who taught us to pray that way before our food another time that he was eating a meal. Luke 24, verse 30, where it says, he gave thanks and blessed the food before he distributed it. How wonderful and how necessary that we learn to pray this. Bless this food because as the catechism helpfully reminds us, none of God's gifts can profit us without his blessing. Our reformed fathers here had great wisdom and understood along with Asaph of old in Psalm 77 that the things, the gifts themselves and the blessing are two different matters. That they don't always simply come together. They don't automatically come together. And that just having the gifts is not the same as having the blessing. That the blessing comes in Jesus Christ. And so I pray, God grant me this. And grant me this along with thy blessing so that it's good for me. So that with this food, with this provision, with the abundance, it doesn't draw me away from thee, but draws me close to thee. Provide and bless me along with that provision. I pray. So the praying of the petition reminds me to see earthly provision, earthly provision that is here in front of me as a gift from Him alone who is the sovereign God in control of all things and who is my Father and who gives it in love for me in Jesus Christ and blesses me along with it to withdrawing my trust from all creatures. But then the very praying of this petition, beloved, the very asking, give us this day our daily bread, also helps me when I think about praying about the next meal. And when I think about praying for daily bread, not only today, but when I pray tomorrow for my daily bread. And the next day after that, what do I pray for exactly? And how much do I pray for? The Lord teaches us to pray daily bread. 
Give to me daily bread. That is what's necessary for the body. Give bread, Father, not give filet mignon. And even if, Father, you've given me much more than that bread before. And even if after I pray for daily bread tomorrow, you give me a whole lot more than daily bread tomorrow, I'm not going to ask for more than daily bread. Bread, of course, is food at its most basic level. Every culture makes some form of bread as its staple, whether it's a roll or a loaf or a tortilla or a cake or a naan. It is the basic necessity of life. And as such, the Lord uses it to represent all of the basic necessities of life. Bread stands for all that we truly need. It stands for warmth that we need, shelter from the elements. We need water. We need sanitary conditions somewhat at least. We need at least a basic medical aid. We need a job, necessary provisions. And teaching us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he's teaching us to pray for this gift. From this giver, what I need. And what I need daily, day by day, daily bread. There are, of course, plenty of God's people in Scripture, too, who only had what they needed for the day, and they lived day to day. You think of the Israelites on the Exodus. God gave them what they needed, but they gave them what they needed only for that day, and if they tried to take more, it rotted. They had to understand they're dependent upon Him every day. In the book of Acts, the Jerusalem church was under a famine. And there had to be collection and distribution daily to the Grecian widows and to others as well. Daily their needs were provided. But of course in the Bible there's plenty of people and plenty of situations where they have much more than what they need for one day and don't live day to day. After the Exodus, when the Israelites got into the land of Canaan, they had massive amounts. The land flowing with milk and honey, they had a great supply and storehouses full. The church in Jerusalem in the book of Acts had a famine, but the Gentile churches to which Paul went had much. Lydia had such a big house, the whole church could meet and gather there. But yet both had to pray, give to me what I need, day by day. Because of course, the supply can fall away. And there must be an act of God every day to grant to me what I need each day. If he gives me more, that's his business. I'll receive it. I'll thank him for it. I don't have to be embarrassed about it. I don't have to be guilty about it. It's not as though it's more holy to have less. But I'm not going to ask him for it. I'm not going to be a spoiled child. But I'm taught in this petition to be content and to rest in his fatherly provision 
what he decides to give me day by day. In the praying of the petition, I'm reminded of 1 Timothy 6, verse 8, having food and raiment therewith, let us be content. Can you pray that way? Can I? Seems like a fairly easy petition to pray, doesn't it? Give us this day our daily bread. But when you think about that, it's not so easy. Can we actually pray to the giver who is my father? God, I'm not asking for more than what I absolutely need. And if that's all you give me, I will be content. I'm thankful for the more, I'm thankful for the abundance. But I'm telling you, in the praying of this petition, that I'll be content if you just supply my basic needs. Can you pray that? There's a kind of spiritual warfare in here in the praying of this. And we must confess, I must confess, all of us, my heart isn't always there. It's pretty hard to pray for that. And to not say, God, please, 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 don't take any of this away. How different the child of God is from the world when he does pray this. The world in unbelief cannot be content with necessities, but is constantly pursuing more as its God, as its idol. How different the child of God is when he prays this. Asking for provision, not for wants. From the prayers of the health and wealth movement, of the day. Where the, the petition is never, God, give me what you decide, even if it's only basic necessities, but it's always more, 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 more. And where blessing and the things are not only not held as two different matters, but are held as exactly the same thing. And the only way you may know blessing in your life is if you have an abundance of these things. The spiritual one is the one who prays this otherworldly and spiritual prayer. Grant me what you decide, O oh God. And as your child, you've taught me to pray for my necessities, and I'll pray for that and rest content with what you give. Only bless me in it, whether it's great or small. You can have abundance, beloved. A massive abundance. As long as you don't need it. If you start to need it, is it becoming a curse? More than a blessing? I speak to myself too. But to make sure that it doesn't get to the point where I absolutely need it and that I can't pray this petition anymore, God helps us by also calling us in the scriptures to give out of our abundance with generosity. To give, 
especially to kingdom causes, to church, to school, to give to those who work but lack, to give generously, open wide the hand as he opens wide the hand to us. We said at the beginning of the sermon that God uses means. And it's still him, but he gives through means. And I listed a number of those means, but I deliberately saved this one till the end. This is one of the means too that he uses to give to what people need and to give to his children what they need. That he calls us to give out of abundance, to supply another's lack, to be generous in the support of the kingdom of Jesus Christ with what he has given. And maybe we can give more than someone else can give and that's a blessing to us. This is part of the reason why he commands it, that it might be this blessing that we may receive, that we might be a means in his hand to supply the lack of another. Don't forget those two little words, us and our. Give us this day our daily bread. And how can we pray that? Give us the church, the body of Jesus Christ, daily bread, Lord God. How can we pray that as an individual and then be stingy and refuse to be a means to provide that to other parts of the body that are in need. The child of God who prays this petition says, Father, grant to me what I need. And Father answers by giving an abundance. Must then also be generous out of the abundance to supply more of the us, the our, with what they need. Praying this petition reminds us that God, the sovereign God, is my Father and He provides. It withdraws my trust from all creatures. Praying this petition reminds us to be thankful and to be content with His provision and not to ask for more than our necessities, trusting that He will give us what He believes is wise. And then third, praying this petition also reminds us of the fact that our daily bread is a picture of the bread of life Himself that God does provide daily for us. Those early church fathers were wrong to say that the fourth petition is exclusively about Jesus as the daily true bread from heaven and it has nothing to do with earthly bread. But they were not wrong to say it does have something to do with this great bread. God creates everything to be a picture of heavenly realities and he created the very fact that we need bread daily also to point us to the true bread that we need daily, the Lord Jesus Christ, as Jesus Himself teaches in John chapter 6, that He is the bread from heaven. He is the bread of ultimate life. That He is our basic necessity. That He is our daily need. And when we receive our earthly bread from Jehovah God daily, the praying of this petition reminds us, helps us to remember that this is a picture of the fact that my Father also provides to me this Jesus Christ daily whom I need. All the supply that's in Him is opened up to me. And He gives me an abundance out of Him. Having Him 
the true and greater bread. This lesser bread is worth having. In him it is a blessing. In him the energy we receive from it is energy worth having. Then our, our physical energy and our physical life is used to the praise of our Father. We're living in his kingdom, honoring his name, doing his will. And that, beloved, is a life worth living. Amen. Father, bless thy word to our hearts. And grow our faith, strengthen our faith, and our trust in thee. As the giver of all good and perfect gifts, in thy Son's name we pray. Amen.